0: Inside the halls of American hospitals, millions of people find comfort, healing, and support. But for many doctors and nurses, this couldn't be further from the truth. This podcast will dive into the shadows of American healthcare to investigate and uncover the abuse, control, and political power plays that leave the very people responsible for our nation's health broken and battered.
1: We're sharing stories of professionals in medicine that have experienced horrendous treatment at the hands of a broken system that does nothing to stop the trauma. As the Association of American Medical Colleges states, long before the Me Too movement, women in medicine have instinctively banded together to counter a culture that too often tolerated harassment.
0: From systemic trauma to abuse of power to the unspoken rules of cover ups and corruption, Sandy, Erby, and Phoebe will take you to the darkest corners of healthcare in America so you can have an inside look at bringing humanity back, humanity back to, to medicine. medicine.
1: Sensitive content warning. This podcast will share details of triggering subjects such as sexual assault and workplace violence. So if you aren't in a space to listen, respect your mental health and tune in again at another time
0: hello and welcome back to another episode of the pulse check podcast i'm hee hee and i'm Mandy. and today we're going to be diving into a heavier topic so in our intro we give you the little warning that if you're not in the headspace to take on heavy topics to maybe put the phone down go do some self care and come back. And this is definitely one of those episodes. Today, we're going to be diving into sexual harassment, uh, mainly around female nurses in this episode. And we're going to be using the BMC nursing journal. And we will link the article that we're looking at today It was published on July 13th of 2020. And the title reads sexual harassment against female nurses, a systemic review. So my first thought is if you're not aware of the prevalence of sexual harassment in medicine which if you are in medicine i'm sure you're well aware but if you're not let me take just a few moments to kind of inform you that it is everywhere it is non-discriminate in you know the departments that it touches or the titles that it touches both liter- literally and figuratively. And so my question for someone not in medicine uh, was how did we get here? How did this all start? How does it continue to be perpetuated? And so Mandy, as a female nurse, what are your thoughts? Let's just start there because this is so much deeper than anything we could possibly open up with a set question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a really great question and curious question and also really curious that I did not have that thought. I didn't think that far back because I think when you're in it and you're experiencing it or you're witnessing it or it's kind of very difficult to separate uh, harassment culture from the rest of the professional culture that you're in. uh, I wasn't I wasn't at a point where I was asking questions. I was just avoiding and feeling. And I remember very early on my first year as a nurse, I folks would ask, how do I like it? And they always wanted to know because as a labor and delivery nurse, oh my gosh, you're going to work with the babies. Oh, don't you love holding the babies? And I would come up with all kinds of ridiculous responses because that's absolutely not what I do. And I would have, you know, sometimes explain it and sometimes not about how serious my job was and how seriously I took it, but I would always say, Oh, this is not a long-term gig. And folks look at me blankly and I really didn't have words for it, but I really believe now that I have stepped away, stepped away from the bedside and I can, I can look at and, and think about, you know, what happens I hear stories from all over the country and all over the world. Gosh, it's so similar. It's so similar. Was I experiencing some of this? Was I really feeling like this was a dangerous place to work when I said, oh, no, I couldn't do this for this is like a five-year plan. It was it's interesting to think about did little Mandy (laughs) did little Mandy know and was I like pushing it away because it was so early in my career. I just come out of nursing school. And i was already feeling like oh this is a this is toxic this is dangerous this isn't i wouldn't want to do this for a long time
0: were you pushing it away or were you so accustomed and desensitized to seeing it and experiencing it and it just being part of quote-unquote part of nursing that you couldn't even recognize it when it was happening to you? you know this article says that About 43% of nurses are going to share that they've experienced sexual harassment, but that number is possibly up to 87%. That's, that's incredible. That means if that number is true, we're, we're barely into double digits of people who aren't experiencing sexual harassment at work.
1: And And as, when I think back to young Mandy, (laughs) whatever, I'm young now, (laughs) younger, younger Mandy. I, so he, he, I don't know who can share this experience, um, but I know healthcare professionals are hardworking folks. And um, so maybe, maybe our viewers can, can relate to um, how they got through school and what their, you know, growing up life was like. But when I think back to young Mandy, that, you know, 21, 22, 23 year old nurse, I was coming out of college. I was, I mean, fuck, my brain was probably still growing a little bit, right? We're growing connections, neural connections and emotions and things like that. And I was coming out of working in In high school, I worked as a server at a freaking country club. Like, what a toxic place. So so when you say this happens so often in nursing school, I mean, in nursing school, I know not everyone goes to nursing school right out of college. Their, Their brains maybe aren't still developing, but they are developing as a nurse when they're in nursing school and they're learning the norms. I was still, one, developing and coming out of a super, super misogynistic, sexist, Racist country club server hostess job. So I can't even tell you if I knew, you know, I knew things that felt gross and I knew things that felt like inappropriate jokes at inappropriate times, comments about my body. You know, I'm just thinking of what you maybe young Mandy would be like, ooh, creep. Ooh, you know, like, mm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to address that. Like, mm. but it, it, becomes part of that story for that experience. And when I think about my job as a server, as a young server, you know, what a vulnerable time. And, and it still feels like that as a young nurse. And so I think maybe we don't know the difference. Maybe we don't know what it is when we're kind of coming into our, our, our role as, as young, young people, young adults, and it, it being so prevalent in school, how would, we're taught all these like we're taught quid pro quo and don't sexually harass other people. Like don't have sex in the closet, like you see in on TV that everyone does. You know, like my husband thought that that's what medicine was like. He was like, are doctors always trying to marry you? And are people always having sex in call rooms? Because that's what ER and gray's Anatomy. That's what all that is. And I was like, no, it's not like that. But maybe I don't, you know, I didn't know what sexual harassment was. I wasn't tuned into, oh, this is an illegal behavior. This is a power move. This is meant to, you know, unsettle me. Because that's what I, that, that's the experience that I had as a cisgendered white female since, you know, age 15.
0: But it was also what was taught to you. So when you yeah. go to school, we go there with the expectation and understanding that this place is teaching us what we need to know look at all of us now kind of especially those of us who are in our 30s um in in late 20s i think we're all looking back on our junior high high school experience understanding that our country actually could have done a better job with what they included in teachings and actually could have done a better job with textbooks. But they didn't. And as students, we trusted the system was designed to teach us what we needed to teach. And they had already filtered out the good stuff, kept the good stuff, um, I guess, filtered out the bad stuff, not realizing that the bad stuff is needed. Right. And so I think we all go humans, especially go into school thinking well what's here is the absolute truth it is end-all be-all there is nothing else whatever i'm taught in school is what it is and so if you are taught in school of course not blatantly and verbally but by insinuations and by speaking up and having you told having be told you know Oh, just forget about it. Or this probably isn't worth saying something about you are taught by all these little micro interactions. Yeah, this is just part of your job. And you have to accept it. And in order to be a nurse, this is just something that you put up with. um, And that's that you know, it's really sad to me. In this article, you guys will see that it says up to 52 percent of people have long-term psychological disturbance you guys i something i didn't realize was that the harassment can come from patients mm. patients families yeah people if you work in the er it's just people in and out you know if you're on a longer term floor you kind of get to know these people mm-hmm. But if you work in what I call kind of like the revolving door floors, kind mm-hmm. of like L and D, you're with mm-hmm. people for a few hours while they have their baby, and you never see those people again. The prevalence of abuse must skyrocket when you're seeing people for very short periods of time, especially in really intense floors like yeah. the ER and L and D. Um, you know, someone on like med surge—they're coming off of surgery, so they're probably not going to be super combative. But in these in these places where you know, energy is really high and emotions are intense yeah. and we have actual lies on the line. It really makes me cringe to think about the prevalence of abuse in these floors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna plug Medsearch because no one wants to fucking mess with med they get all kinds of folks and they're absolutely combative and I think really maybe, yeah, one of the one of the most difficult places I would say would be, yeah, medsearch there it's kind of a dumping ground for all kinds of um patient types, so they really? they have to kind of switch and um yeah it's a it's a fascinating place, but also pretty intense and I would imagine a lot gets pushed under the rug as in ignored. You're not backed up by management. There's just so much going on and there's patients in and out, in and out, in and out, like admissions and discharges, admissions and discharges and all kinds of, you really have to be on your feet because they come in with all kinds of different, like a variety of issues, complaints, reasons for being in the hospital. Yeah, those folks. <laughs> Shout out to the med surgeon <laughs> But party on your way. <laughs> they're gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, thank like, you," yeah, because no one gets us. I get you as as much as I, you know, I know enough to not want to do what you do, and that's amazing. And my uh, a close family member is a med surgeon. nurse, and I'm like, oh dog, I cannot. No, His stories. His stories. So, so to, to not gloss over that, but I think, I think you're right. in what we've read, um, the ER it, it's anybody that comes in contact with healthcare professionals have, has the capacity. I think the media furthers it. And so we see images and I'm very aware. I have young children now and, you know, my brain is changing, but it's not in the growing phase. So I can see a different perspective. I'm in a different life place where I'm looking now. And I don't want my children to see mistreatment of nurses and mistreatment of women on the screen. I want them to see diversity. I want them to see love. I want them to see acceptance and learning and listening. And um, so all of those shows that I grew up watching with my mom, like fucking Hallmark channel, <laughs> I mean, come on, uh, ER. 90210. Hmm?
0: 90210. Right, Dawson's Creek. Days of our lives.
1: <laughs> and the medical shows, even Grey's Anatomy is totally misrepresenting how, and, and not always, but that's very misrepresentative of how we should be treating each other. And that is just speaking to the growing brain and just speaking to young Professionals growing into that field and being like, oh, you know, maybe I could do that. I want to be a scientist. I want to help people. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a surgeon. And there's it's already been all a lot
0: romanticized of- on TV. It's all romanticized. Yeah. Right. And so I think this could be partly the problem is why we have these, you call them gross misrepresentations. Maybe part of the fault falls on. Television and yeah. social media and mainstream media in taking these very prestigious jobs and turning them into love stories, right? Yeah, right, turning right. It into the scenes, yes, fuck that. Of, you know, sleeping with the hottest yeah. nurse in the closet and turning it into scenes where you live a double life. You have your life at home with your wife and kids, and you have a whole nother life at the hospital. Right? Yeah. Maybe. So be
1: quiet. What happens here? Yes, it's different. This is your work wife. This is Can your work see husband.
0: That abuse happen on the big screen, so it just kind of furthers it just reinforces what you learned in school. If you're in school and you're experiencing it and then your micro interactions are telling you, well, this is something that's just accepted and you're watching everyone else around you experience Mm -hmm. it as well. And then you go home and you watch your favorite show Mm -hmm. because it's, it's what you want to be when you grow up. And that main character is also experiencing the same thing. Why would you ever challenge the norm and say, gosh, wonder if I actually have to put up with this stuff. Of course you have to put up with it. Look at it. It's in schools. It's actually in your experience. It's on TV. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's everywhere.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing that's telling you that it's okay to question it or that it may not have to be part of your experience. That's hard.
1: Yeah, it's like the, it is what it means to be a professional in that field. That is part of it, And, and I'm gonna go off a, li- a little bit into social media because it just popped into my head when you said that. When you said the, the media, and I always think of you know you can, you can guess my age. I watched Hallmark and ER growing up, and then right <laughs> there was another one. I feel like um, another health health show that I'm not remembering. But when you talk about social media, like God, influencers, right? So we're in a time of influencers, and you and I have. Um, social media um, feeds, you know, your for you page is full of other healthcare professionals and people in this industry. What the public sees, as well, what the consumers see, consumers of medicine and family members of medicine, see fucking scrub influencers, and I mean scrubs like the scrubs that you wear in your body. <laughs> so. You know, I am about the hustle and so are you, Hehe. like we have talked all about that. this. We're all about the fucking hustle. Like you can have, we have multiple businesses. We have multiple entities. We are our own soul, you know, whatever that's called. Proprietor, sole entity. What's we have
0: income.
1: We have multiple streams of income and we are excited about that shit, right? right. We are like. Let's do this. We have um, ads on our podcast. Like it is how it is done. It is the creative use of our um, education and experience. And I love it. Like bring that on. So nothing against influencers. absolutely Nothing against wearing scrubs and getting paid for it. I have multiple requests in my email of like, this is how, this is our budget. This is our budget. This is our... yes to that.
0: All day long, yes. All day long. We're like, oh, yes.
1: But consumers see nurses wearing scrubs, walking around, looking fine, looking hot, selling scrubs, using their body, fine. But what is it saying about nurses specifically that is perpetuating that like sexy nurse, which you brought up to me last week, he he when we were chatting off, you know, off off mic. That sexy nurse persona that like nurses are here to give you an experience. It's not about being a scientist, it's not about being, you know, loving biology. Like I just told he he just um I would love you to guess what he he wanted to be when she grew up or what <laughs> I wanted to be when I grew up. I bet, I bet you could. <laughs> young american white girls wanted to be two things
0: <laughs> i thought i'd be a marine biologist i have to be honest i really thought i would I love be. That.
1: i grew up in kansas and that's what everyone wanted to be when i was in kansas i was like how literally how are you gonna do that <laughs> whatever go for it and some of them did go for it i love it uh <laughs> i don't know what i was saying so wait you have to tell us what you want to be oh baby. I wanted to be um, a veterinarian and then when I grew up into an adult, obviously I was like 17 years old and I knew I wanted to be a biologist and then do um, studies on animals and I did not no want to be I a nurse <laughs> and I didn't know neither of us did that, but, <laughs> but he was like, I watch enough Shark Week and I'm pretty much a marine biologist. I mean, I watched so much big animal that like I could probably untwist a cow's stomach if if in, if in a dire any dire need <laughs> i know how to do that
0: if i found myself in a situation without a vet and a twisted stomach of a cat, <laughs> <laughs>
1: a cat. so this is like what some like medical professionals are like you can't do my job because you watch youtube videos i'm like mm.
0: <laughs> but maybe <laughs> not
1: safely absolutely no i do value the the education and the experience and the expertise of medical professionals. I absolutely value that. But I also see the imagery of it. And, you know, as a blooming feminist, I love it. I love looking at scrubs because I love scrubs. I love looking at bodies because I love humans. I love, you know, um, hustlers, and I love entrepreneurs, and I love I love brands. I love that. But as a 21 year old or a 17 year old, as a consumer, are we perpetuating looking at nurses as sexual beings? Well, we are sexual beings, sexual objects, or sexualizing because just because that specific um, specialty, that spe- specific. Role has been sexualized in the past as that sexy nurse. Like that, it's been objectified. It's still objectified in like crude, crude humor. People dress up as sexy nurses all the
0: time. Halloween. So maybe the question is where's the line of inserting sexuality into your job? So I think it is. And this has been long asked, right? It's a long debated thing. But when a nurse has a platform online and it's not connected to nursing and she wanted to put up a bikini picture, hospitals went crazy. People would lose their mind. She's not allowed to be in a bikini because she's a nurse. Her page had nothing to do with nursing at all, but she wasn't allowed to do that. So for me, that's a little bit overstepping. I'm not representing nurses in this. I'm representing myself and I am a human. I'm allowed to wear a bathing suit. It is 101 degrees outside. I'm going to put a bathing suit on Mm -hmm. and I may snap a picture with my friends and I may post it because I feel good that day.
1: Physicians got heat too. Mm -hmm.
0: For a nurse or a doctor to use that on a professional page and i think that is the question where our social media is currently at and you know i don't know how i feel i'm inclined at the risk of being totally burned at the stake online since people go wild when you have opinions online um i'm inclined to think you should leave sexuality probably out of your professional viewpoint but then again, you're crushing someone's creative, voice, yeah, yeah. Right? But then, how are we going to rid the dangerous sexual, you know, preconceptions about nursing if we do have people out there who are perpetuating the sexy nurse? It almost goes to say, as someone who perpetuates the sexy nurse ideation. You're making it dangerous for all of your colleagues to then do their job because, yes, there may be one or two percent of nurses who identify as that sexy nurse persona. But the majority of you, of y'all, of them are not going to identify as that. And they don't want to be treated as such. They don't come to work to have have their ass grabbed. They don't come to work to have nasty crude things said to them. They come to work. To take care of people so that sexy nurse persona is not part of who they are where and how do we find and maintain that balance without crushing people
1: i don't i have to disagree but i do really value this conversation because i think a lot of our listeners are going to be like okay i'm part of this and i'm part that right? As we talk it out, because this wasn't planned. We just kind of turn on our mics and boom. Uh, No, I disagree. And I think all of us can and do have a sexy side. Sure. Right. And in my business, if I am like, nope, I'm going to do things that other people are going to say is too sexy, but it you know, it's right for me. It feels good. It's right for my brand. I'm doing it. I want to, that's the whole point of having a brand. That's the whole point of having a side hustle or a um, side business or entrepreneurship being your CEO. But I think that this conversation and these conversations like it need to continue happening. You and I know what's behind that bad bitch. We know the hustle. We know the work. We know that it is not someone who's like, oh my gosh, I just want to like portray nurses as sexy. Absolutely. Like they're not trying to do that. They're trying to sell scrubs. They're trying to make a living and enjoy it at the same time. Like you said, like the creativity, like you're taking creativity out of it. I don't think there's a problem with that. I think the consumer's and folks outside of that industry, whether you're outside of the influencer industry or you're outside of the healthcare industry, I think everyone needs to just understand that we are divorcing the sexy nurse objectifying bodies from the nurse that's gonna fucking save your life. Period. Period. And it is not up to the nurse to prove that. Oh, are you bringing, oh, you're wearing the scrubs I saw you online in? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. We're in a professional place. I'm at work and we're colleagues. You treat me a certain way every day, every time. And same with consumers. Like if you are not in, the, that just requires some education. Like keep listening to the podcast. We'll tell it like it is because it is, it is not up to the nurse to be like, oh, no, here's my boundary. No, no, no. <laughs> you're, you're acting inappropriately. If you feel like this person is here for your visual entertainment or touch entertainment or sexual jokes or whatever, innuendos.
0: So what do you do as a nurse? If, if there are new nurses out there listening, or maybe you've been a nurse for 40 years and you just don't know how to really advocate for yourself and make it safe for you. Mandy, how do you set those boundaries with patients who are crossing those lines? You know, if they say a, a dirty joke, what, what do you suggest people say to them
1: i actually say go follow the nurses that are selling scrubs on instagram <laughs> because most of them are teaching some bad bitch language <laughs> that's the vibe i want when i'm into a room you know you want that you want that oh no we're not doing that today <laughs> that's yeah, the vibe i like i think everyone has their own way of skirting that it is not your fault if it happens it also shouldn't be your responsibility to um, handle it. That should be your institution's responsibility, which I know we're going to go into that another time. That is not, I mean, that is just some BS and it doesn't happen and I know that. And I also know that I'm coming from a priv- a place of privilege, certain privilege, and what I say is not going to be safe for everyone to say. Okay. Uh, continuing this MFing conversation is super important. I had a lot of old school and older nursing educators in my program who did not cut the shit for me. And I mean, we spent so much GD time on making a bed and so little time on how to really put your hand up to inappropriate behavior physically, like literally. And, and in, in my mind, like in my, in my identity, this is, this is not, (laughs) oh, no, 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 no. no. I know that this is not how I'll be treated today, but there, you know, that is not blaming, blaming the victim. I think that watching and hearing other folks talk about it and share about it is helpful. Um, That's actually helped, helped me a lot in when I was kind of changing my language and becoming the person that, you know, I'm going to talk about it if something if something comes up if you tell a dirty joke you will hear about it from other folks because i will tell everyone that you did that even if i can't report it even if nothing else is going to be done i am not a safe a safe um week <laughs> i did not want to be that but that that is not to say that this happens to weak folks i think that a culture shift is happening We can continue to talk about it. We can also continue to be um, the creative, you know, individuals that we are out of our work lives, but we have to keep having the conversation so that it's, it isn't confusing. Like this is, this is what I like to do. It makes me feel good and it's fun. And I think the conversation after the physicians in bikinis and the nurses in bikinis happened was amazing. Those conversations were so sick, Mm -hmm. so good. They were like, I'm a human. Don't you want humans taking care of you? Right this is what happens. This does not mean I'm not smart. This does not mean you speak to me in a different way. And that's some real power that even if you don't have in your own facility, your own culture, maybe you're a traveler, you're not connecting with one set culture, um, you can still have that community.
0: That's incredible. Wow. I've really loved this conversation. You know, harassment at work, it just makes you feel unsafe. And it has many, many long-term impacts, mental, physical, emotional, social, psychological. Um, Your health will absolutely suffer. Mandy and I really just want you to be working in a space where you feel safe, and supported and like you have the freedom to grow into the nurse and the provider that you want to grow into a safe and secure working environment is absolutely needed and with that we will see We'll see our hospital systems get paid. We will see our nurses, things will pay off our nurses. We will see clinical outcomes increase. So things will pay off for our patients. There is just such a ripple effect. And it all starts with treating our nurses and our medical staff properly and properly allocating the funds that is already in the American healthcare system to an appropriate place where it keeps everyone safe and secure. You guys, next time we're going to be going into how this is far, far from a mistake. This is actually all by design. The sexual harassment plays a very big role in the culture of medicine and. Next time, that's what Mandy and I are going to be talking about. So thank you so much for joining us today. We've had so much fun diving into this otherwise very heavy topic. And we hope that it got your wheels turning. If you're not in a place of practicing somewhere safe and secure, please, please, please think about who you can reach out to for help and get yourself into a position where you are safe at work. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We wanted to leave you with a quick stat and something to think about until we see you next time. According to a 2018
1: report from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine, the prevalence of sexual harassment in academic medicine is almost double that of other science and engineering specialties. This presents a serious danger that ripples into patient safety, clinical outcomes and burnout, which leads to costly loss of talent how much safer could medicine be if nurses and physicians weren't also battling sexual harassment day in and day out? If you or anyone you know has a story to share, please contact us on Instagram at pulsecheck.podcast. We'd love to share your story.